0: Bring the rain. We need that rain physically. We need that rain now. But more than this drought that we're in, we, we need that spiritual rain. Amen. We can deal. We can deal with the lack of rain in this physical world, but the way I read my Bible, the way God tells us that we need Him. I can't go a day without Him in my life. Amen. How many days have we went without rain? Been several. Been a few. There's cracks six, eight inches in the ground. Life is horrible right now for somebody working in uh, the, uh, trying to keep water going through pipe because ground moves and it gets hard and uh, pipe is brittle. It's breaking. It's, it's, it's hard for me in my job but it's doable right but but the way that the bible reads is that i can't go a day without a spiritual reign in my life now i'm playing with words right not r-a-i-n but reign he needs to reign over my life he's sovereign amen There was a work that was done over 2,000 years ago on a cross that by God's grace was applied to my life and He reigns now in my life. I don't want to go a single day. That's the desire that's changed in me where before I wanted to reign over my own life. Now I I don't want to go a day outside of the shadow of the cross. I want to be there because that's where I need to be. Amen. Let's turn to Galatians chapter 4. Looking at one verse today, verse 19. We got an overview last week, and I want to dive into the forming work of Christ in the life of a Christian. This that Paul was talking about said he would labor over those until... This moment, until Christ be formed in them. Let's read this morning, chapter 4, verse 19. My children, with whom I am again in labor until Christ is formed in you. Lord, we thank you for the worship that we have had in this service, oh God, but help us to move into this next form of worship, O oh God, where we listen to your word, Lord, and we have open ears, O oh God, and eyes to see, Lord, the spiritual need for you to speak. Lord, move on this vessel of clay. Let us hear, O oh God, a message better prepared than the one that I have made oh God Lord I ask that you move upon me and upon us as we endeavor to speak on this forming work of you Lord I ask this in your name amen thank you for for standing and if you remember last week we we spoke or Paul spoke rather about um uh, about this Mother, that's in labor. He used this analogy to to talk about how he feels the burden that he feels over uh, the people of uh, of Galatia, over all those he would say that that are uh, have come to Christ under his ministry. You can remember if you've read uh, the writings of Paul and his epistles how he says. You know, he's been beat, he's been beaten with rods, he's been lashed, he's been shipwrecked. And he says, above all of that, I have the burden of the churches. So so how bad is it to get whipped? One time, he's, he's whipped five times, 195 lashes, because it's 40 save one. And he's been rotted three times. He's been shipwrecked twice. He's, he's been stoned literally to death, or at least they thought, drug out of the city. God raises him back up, and where we would have tucked tail and run, he shakes the dust off. He goes right back into the same city, preaching to the same people, and a church is established there, right? We've read that in the Word of God. Absolutely bonkers. Bananas! What this man has been through, but yet he says above all of that, above all of this physical suffering, that there's something that burns deeper in my life. There's something that is more evident than just the physical scars. He would say that I bear the marks of this apostleship. I bear the marks of this high calling, he would call it. It's crazy to speak like Paul would speak, but on the inside of every Christian, there's something that starts down deep and it boils itself up and becomes evident in the spiritual first and then in the physical second. It's this desire, this forming of Christ that's in each and every single one of us, this Burden for the lost, where I used to not care for people. That's their own business. Let them deal with it. Now there's a burden there, right? I, I pray for people that I don't know. I don't have faces, I don't have names, but but every time we bend the knee, you, you should be praying, God save the lost, right? Because somebody did that for us. There there was plenty of people evident in our life that was praying for each and every one of us, but do, we, but do we truly stop to think of the church at large, globally? Not just in our little community. Now, I know mama and daddy, grandma and grandpa prayed for me, aunt and uncle, friend and family. Well, I know all of that, but, but do you realize the salvation that's in you today, if you're saved, was prayed for by people you don't even know? Or at least it should be. Because there's been a, a forming... A conforming, the Bible would say. A dying to self and a conforming to the image of Christ. Paul's in anguish. That's what he's saying. Verse 20, he said, I wish I could be present with you now and I could change my tone because I'm, I'm perplexed. I'm perplexed. Verse 17, he said clearly that the false teachers they were using the Galatians. This, this is why he's so upset. He's upset, one, at the church for allowing this to happen, but more than that, he's upset because there's false teachers who have, who have wooed away the people of God and are in danger of creating this, this new, alternate, uh, non-Christ-like Christianity, and it's, it's perplexing Paul. And he says that these false teachers, they're using the Galatians to make much of themselves, to, to boast up themselves. And we we can talk about that today if we wanted to. That's every false teacher or everyone who, who boasts in themselves and brings glory to themselves and not glory uh, to God. But Galatians 4 and 17, Paul said, they eagerly seek you, not commendably, but they wish to shut you out so that you will seek them. Another translation, a little easier English, says, those heretical teachers go to great lengths to flatter you, but their motives are rotten. They want to shut you out of the free world of God's grace so that you will always depend on them for approval and direction, making them feel important. And that is, folks... That is the issue of today is that we've taken our eyes off of Christ and we've placed them on mere mortals and we seek the approval and the direction of men and women over the approval and direction of God. I want everybody here to like me. You would be, you would be crazy to not want people to like you, right? Right? Uh, There's there's even those in this fellowship that, that I go to for guidance and direction. That's not what Paul is saying here. That's not what God is telling us. There is a very specific reason why we gather together, failing not to assemble. And one of those reasons is to gain from each other, to edify one another, to Come in thanksgiving and communion one with another where I'm struggling, you may be strong, and I can gain off of you, you can pour into me. That's not what Paul is saying, but what he is saying is there are those out there who show themselves to be sheep, but are what? Ravenous wolves in sheep clothing, and their only purpose is to sow ungodly things into the lives of godly people. Uh, we don't like to talk about that because how you mean, you mean people are rotten? Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to look very far. Just look into your own self. Remove that which is of Christ. What's left? Rotten fruit. Rotten fruit. The only reason that I am producing good fruit, the Bible says, is because I have been taken from rottenness and grafted into Christ. It's His work. As I want to walk through Scripture, we're going to read a lot of Scripture, and I want to look at the forming work of Christ, and then, as I promised last week, I want to look at what our work is. There is a work to be done. Amen? We're not those who believe that we can just go through life willy-nilly, right? God saved me, thank God, thank God for His grace. I can go live my life the way I want. No, there is a specific work to be done in the life of the Christian. The Bible will even go as far to say that if those works aren't evident, you're not Christian. That there is a work to be done, right? But I want us to look at what Paul is trying to redirect these churches of Galatia to understand that we rest. How many of these rest? we we rest in the finished work of Christ. First, we are a product of the finished work of Christ and we are producers. We produce these works. Amen. So in contrast, Paul compares himself to these false teachers where these false teachers are are trying to gain much from the churches of Galatia, Paul says, I'm like a mother in labor, right? I'm not trying to gain from you. I'm trying, I'm trying to birth something into you. I'm, I'm trying to give of myself and push into you this forming work of Christ. And we understand the contrast of that. that that's why. You can go to some churches and not be fed, but feel like you were almost zapped, zapped right? Or you can go to other churches and you leave and you're like, wow, that was, that was amazing. That was great. God really spoke to me, right? Revelations would call it having a candlestick versus not having a candlestick, right? Being a meeting house versus being a house of prayer. There's many contrasts in the, in the Bible. There were many temples in the day of Christ, but there was only one where God rested, right? He says that the same now in this new covenant where we're, thank God, we don't have to make a pilgrimage to to a single temple. We are now the temple of God, but we are either a temple unto idleness, or we're a temple being formed into the image of the temple Christ. So more specifically, Paul describes the moment of, of childbirth, right? as being when Christ is formed in you. When is when is a baby a baby? Well, the way we believe, it's at conception and, and it's not in a certain day or a certain week or what month you're in, what month you're not in, you know, it's not when you are actually, Born, but it is at the moment when life becomes life that we are conceived. The Bible see even goes further than that, and he says, "I have known you since before your mother's womb." Isn't that crazy? How the God of universe, of the universe that knows everything, right Sunday nights we've been going through. The, the attributes. He, he, he's known us even before we were created. It's craziness. But there is, a, there is a moment of conception, but then there's a birth, right? We understand that life begins before birth, but that birth is, is very special and very specific. When you, when you have something in your hand, and that something can look back at you, right? And can scream at you and can laugh and cackle, right? And can start to hold his head up way before he's supposed to. And, and, and all of the joys and the compassions of just looking at this product, right? That's what Paul is saying. He said, this is, this is what you are to me. First as a minister, first as your pastor, when I can look at you and I can see Christ in you. It is it is glorious. It is just fantastic because of all the work that has went into this moment where I can look at you, Brother Ethan, and I can say, I can see Jesus in you. Glory be to God. He's doing a work. Something has happened in you. You're being formed, right? You're being conformed from what you used to be to what you are now. And the Bible says that we're not even going to stop here. How much better are we than before we were saved? But this is nothing. We're going to be shaping from glory to glory until we reach glory. To where we're perfected. Able to be around the throne of God. His glory shining through Him, reflecting off of us. Such a glorious moment to where as good as God is to us, Now, you ain't seen nothing yet. As much of Christ as can be formed in me, in this corruptible body, you ain't seen nothing yet. The most saintliest saint that's ever seen it, you haven't seen nothing yet. Y'all like that, huh? If Luther can use monk in a bunch of different ways, I can use saint. Luther said he was, if you could be saved by monkery, he would have did it. If they can make up words, we can too. This picture that Paul paints uh, of, of, a, of a mother giving birth, it's not just in the letter to Galatians. He actually used this a lot. That's why we say this isn't just specific to the churches of Galatia, but all those who... Paul ministered to Galatians one through 25-27, we see it again. Of this church, I was made a minister according to the stewardship of God, bestowed on me for your benefit, so that I might fully carry out the preaching of the Word of God. That is the mystery which has been hidden from the past ages and generations, but <clears> has <throat> now been manifest to His saints, to whom God... Wield to make known what is the riches and glory of this ministry or ministry, sorry, among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's that, that Christ in you, which is important. We can all do those things which Paul talked about before. Matter of fact, there's many people who get up on days just like today and say a lot of words. Right, and, and, and have a lot of meaning and a lot of things, and even some application. But if Christ isn't in you, it doesn't matter. We could sit here and talk about heaven and hell all day long, but, before, uh, but until that becomes personal, it, it really doesn't matter. Right, I could sit here and I can try and scare you into believing, and, and, and that is a tactic. Many people do it, uh, but uh, until it's personal, Hell is a scary thing for other people. I can't believe that that people are going to do that for all of eternity, right? But not me. I, I mean, I'm not that bad. You know, I can understand the Hitlers of the world. Like, my Lord, yeah, please do something with them. But I've just said a few lies, right? You know, I, you know, I stole a lock from Winn Dixie one time when I was a kid. But but I, you know, I ain't killed nobody. You know, I really ain't done any of this stuff. Well, well. Christ would say, read Matthew chapter 5 and and you'll see that all of us here are murderers. All of us here are liars. All of us here are adulterers. You're like, oh my Lord, those are the big ones. No, 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 no. Yes, yes, yes. That's us. But the grace of God. See, the one thing that we can say that separates us from the world is that was us. That's what Paul said, right, he goes through all of these things in, in, in the book of uh, 1 Corinthians, it, and he, he said homosexuals and liars and deviants and, and, and sorcerers, right? All oh, you're like, oh, my Lord. And he said, none of those are going to inherit the kingdom of God, and such were some of you. So there's grace and there's mercy and there's a forming work in the worst of us. God still works. Amen. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 19. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father. So why does Paul pray? Here's one of the reasons. From whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, so that He would grant you, according to the riches of His glory, to be strengthened with power, through His Spirit in the inner man, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the height, the depth, to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. Do you pray that for your fellow saints? Do you pray that for the lost and the undone? Because that's, that's what we're here to do. Do you pray that for yourself? Lord, give me the fullness of you. Amen. The word formed here means uh, to give shape to. So, so the forming work of Christ is to give shape to this Christ, to be made in the image right to be made again to be born again into this image that we fell from to be full reflectors to be good mirrors although the bible says that we we do this dimly but to be good mirrors reflecting Christ from us in us we can't become like Christ fully not saying that there are religions out there that say you can become God like. You can be you're a little God, right? That's not what we're talking about, but not becoming Christ, but being a representation or a reflection of the inner man. The outer man becomes more like the inner man, whereas before, the inner man shone forth through the outer man. Paul's desire is is that his followers would take on the shape of Christ. That's all he's asking. Just be like Jesus, right? And that's all any of us ever want if we're truly saved is for everyone that we know to be like us. Just be saved, right? Just just be like Jesus. We we quote the Scriptures and it's it's true taste. See that He's good, right? We say that in, in a many different ways, but that's what, in essence, we do as we witness. Just, just, just taste Him. Just come and see. He's better than anything you've ever had, ever. Anything you will have. in that moment when that individual truly, truly tastes of the goodness of God and it gets further than here and it gets down in here, there's a forming that happens. There's a forming that happens, and it's nothing like you've ever experienced, ever. Anybody of us who is saved can understand that, and that is impossible to to describe to this world. I've had friends and family sit down with me, and, and okay, you're obviously a Jesus freak, like you believe all this stuff, but why, right? And you sit down, and you try to describe that night, or that day, or that moment, or whenever it was, when I was like, I don't understand. Uh, I, don't, I, I really don't. I, I didn't want it, but yet I wanted it, and I wanted it to run, but yet I ran. And, and, and like, I don't understand. They just look at you like a, a calf at a new gate because they can't understand it. The Bible says they're blinded to it until the scales be removed and they can see Christ for who he truly is. They need a forming. We talk a lot about the Reformation. We didn't reform anything. We conformed back to the Scripture, right? We we had left what was right and we conformed back. That's what we do today. Like a baby takes shape within the, the mother's womb. And what Paul is saying is we cannot be Christ like by legalism. And what is that? Well, it's by external and the eccentric. I can't add to my life and become more like Christ-like. The, the Bible says that I have to take from my life. I have to leave things behind. I have to crucify things in order to be made like Christ. True legalism would say that I can just add things to my current life and I'll become more holy when the Bible says that all that does is burden us down to the point to where we cannot do anything. It's where they were in, in Judaism. 613 laws they had to adhere to to make it to heaven. 613. How many did God give Moses? 10. 10. They couldn't keep the 10, so they said, "We'll just add to it. That's not even good logic. Logic would say, let's take away, right? But God gave those. We can't, so we'll just build things around it. We'll build mountains. We'll make mountains out of molehills and we'll we'll add to and we'll add to and we'll add to. And when Christ walked in his temple, he said, y'all don't don't know who God is. Y'all are so far removed. He said, you go out and you proselytize. You go out and you grab people from paganism and you bring them into Judaism and they're twice the son of hell. They're worse off than they were. They should have just stayed with their idols. That's some pretty hard stuff. Like really? And the warning is for us, do we do the same thing? Do you use Bible's language? God forbid. God forbid that He takes an assessment of us And he says that all those who we have touched, we've made worse when we're supposed to make better. And the problem is is that we haven't stopped to make ourselves better. We haven't stopped to allow us to be formed into Christ. I'll just add people to the kingdom. I'll just bring people in. If God sees that I've I've saved dozens of people through my life, he'll, he'll, He'll love me for it. Right? Oh, you've, you've added a lot of people in. That's great. What about you? What about you? Matthew 7. Many on that day will say, Lord, Lord, have we not done many mighty things in your name? Cast out demons, did miracles. In other words, dabbled in the spiritual. Did we not leave or li- live? spiritual lives and jesus is quite literally going to go who are you i don't know you yeah but but i brought in joe bob and and his family and and everybody that i knew you know i talked about you i i don't know who you are you've never been formed you've never been birthed into this kingdom so what he. Told Nicodemus, "Don't marvel that I say you must be born again. You must be born again. First of the water, then of the Spirit. There's a physical birth, and there's a spiritual birth that has to happen, or you remain dead. Grace produces this likeness of God, not an outward expression, but an inward change." Romans eight twenty nine through thirty. For those whom He foreknew, He also predestined to make conform to the image of His Son. So let's start over, because a lot of times when we read these verses, we'll, we'll read over them because they're very familiar and they have some trigger words in them, but listen to what God just said through His apostle. For those whom He, that's God, foreknew, He also predestined to become what? Conformed to the image of His Son you will not be conformed into anything else. If If you are a reflection of anything else other than Jesus, it's not of God. It's of man. It's of me. That's what he just said. So that he would be the firstborn among many brethren and These whom He predestined, He also called. And these whom He called, He also justified. And these whom He justified, He also glorified. So if you are conformed into the image of the Son, glorification. 2 Corinthians 3 and 18. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord, the Spirit. That's what we're doing. The outward form of our Christian lives must correspond with our inward life in Christ. If you're not producing fruit, read 1 John. If you're not producing fruit, read James if if you don't have works that accompany your salvation you haven't had a salvation there is a production that happens life begets life and you have the life in you so you better believe that you will produce life we can't stop this in other words it really hurts when i quench the spirit it hurts me it hurts those around me it really hurts when I try and form something other than what I'm being transformed into. A caterpillar cannot stop the transformation into a butterfly. Once they go in that cocoon, how many has ever played with a cocoon before? How many has ever seen a butterfly hatching and you try and help them? How many has ever taken a cocoon and messed with it too much? A butterfly never never emerges. There has to be a transformation that has to be in perfect time. It has to be according to uh, the will of God. And if I try and help it in any way, I become less than. In fact, the Bible would say that, that what we are on the inside would be made evident on the outside. If you want to know who you truly are, like for real, how many, all of us who have kids, if you want to know who you truly are, sit down with your kid. Next time you get mad at your children, stop and look at what they're doing. Because they've learned it from you. Now there is some stuff that comes to the top. That they're their own little heathen that needs to be saved, right? And I, I don't have to teach Richard Paul to lie. It's, it's in there. I understand that. But those little those things that just rub me the wrong way, it, it's me made over. Everybody can say amen. right? Anybody's ever talked to my little sunshine, ball of sunshine? He's, he's me because he's watched me. And he's being formed by the one that he loves, right? Same in the spiritual. Are you being formed by the one that you love? If Richard Paul didn't care for me, it wouldn't affect him. But the ones that he loves, the ones that he trusts, the ones that he believes is trying to produce in him a betterment. He's going to be conformed into that. Unfortunately, we're foul creatures. He's being conformed into something. God help him. Eventually, he'll be a good man. But look at Luke 6, 44-45. For each tree is known by its own fruit, For men do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they pick grapes from a briar bush. A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth what is good. The evil man, out of the evil treasure, brings forth what is evil. For his mouth speaks from that which fills his heart. What you are on the inside will come out. It will. We can bed that down. We can disguise it. In many different ways, I can act good for the few hours that we're at church, but it will come out. And just like everything, right, we joke about being men and some calamity happens and I'm just going to take that, I'm going to bottle it up, I'm going to push it down, worry about it later. Eventually all that comes out. It's the same thing with the center of life. If I just don't deal with it and I just push it down and I plow on top godly things and things that look better, eventually... You're going to have a volcano situation where you can't stop it and it's going to come out and it comes out at the most inopportune times because God is good. And he says, what's done in darkness will be brought to light for your betterment. Are you a Christian this morning? There's things in us that need to get out and sometimes I don't want to deal with those things so the spirit that's within me will expel them. And it'll be public and it'll be evident and it's going to be embarrassing, but you're going to be better for it. Because he's going to let it happen around people who love you and care for you and who will edify you and extort you and say, that was horrible. Let's pray. Right? I can't believe that. Like Paul, I'm perplexed. Let's work. Like, let's work on it. Because it's for your betterment. So let's apply this for a few moments and look at what our work is. All of this that we've been talking about was was finished on the cross. The Bible says that all those who would believe on the Son, right, will have this work applied to them. When he said it is finished, that's what he meant. It's finished. The salvific, I know it's a big word, work of Christ on the cross was applied to you the day that you were saved. And from that day to this day to your last day, there's a forming that happens. True salvation brings forth true fruit. So the Holy Spirit has come to indwell in all those who believe on the Lord Jesus as their personal Savior. There's people out there who who believe there's a higher power who, who could save, but it's not a personal thing, right? We call those people agnostic. I don't really believe, but I don't really disbelieve. I'm just neutral. Bible never gives us ground to be neutral. You're either a friend or an enemy. Period. There is no neutral ground. There's no spiritual Sweden. We are in battle and you're either on a winning side or you're on a losing side. This will work in us. Not just to reveal knowledge about Christ, right? God isn't just revealing Himself to us so we know who God is, but it's a changing. It reveals Christ through our conduct, through our character, through our communication, through through our life. There's a theological term for what we're talking about, and it describes this, this truly miraculous work. And it's called sanctification. That's, that's what we're in, right? You, you have been saved. You're being saved. That's that's what we're talking about. And you will be ultimately saved if you persevere, right? That's what the Bible says. If you prove yourself to yourself that there has truly been a change, that God is going to work in your life. So some Christians understand the grace of God in salvation. I don't think any of us could take a test, a spiritual test, and write something other than how are you saved? The grace of God, right? I don't, I don't think any of us would, would say anything other than that. But, but we inconsistently, we're, we all agree on the sovereign work of God in salvation, but we, we, we inconsistently live our Christian lives by attempting to gain merit by works. All of us are, are in danger of this. All of us has done it to some degree. It's so much easier just to give me a list of things to do versus bending my knee, actually looking inward, and dealing with the bad that's in me. Just, you want me to read 14 chapters a day? Done. Like, I got it. Cool. Just don't let me deal with this thing. Let's just leave it locked. Don't worry about it, right? It's just, we'll just turn the light off and we'll just not worry about that. It, you, you want me to pray for seven hours a day? I'll figure out a way to do it. If that gets me to heaven, I'll do it, right? That's, that's our nature. It, it Just tell me what I need to do. And the Bible does. There's a list of do's and don'ts. We don't get around that. There's commandments and there's statutes and there's things that we do, but a, a list of do's and don'ts doesn't produce love. Right? Grace produces love. So what is our work? We've been talking about the finished work of Christ. What, what do we do? Because there is a work to be done. Three Scriptures. Luke 9 and 23. So we know about Christ's work and the work of the Spirit. But I found some red letters... That give us a little insight on what our work is, okay. And he was saying to them, "If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me." That's work for us, okay. What did he say? If you wish to follow me, you have to deny yourself. That's the work that I do. I have to choose Christ. I Choose to take up a cross daily, and then I choose to walk in His path daily. The Bible says that that's my work, and if I determine to do that, the Spirit that's within me will empower me to do that. It's a combined work. God only in salvation, a combined work in sanctification. You are the restrictor of how sanctified you can be in this life. It's what the Bible teaches. You can be as holy as you physically want to be here, but you have to be willing to put in the work. He says it again in Luke 14 and 27, whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. If you're not being taught by Christ, you're not one of His. And then Galatians chapter 5, jump ahead one, one chapter. Give you a heads up. We'll be talking about this again. 24th and 25. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Can you walk without putting forth effort? No. My brain has to tell my leg to lift up and move forward. Right? And it takes an effort. And depending on how unhealthy you are, it may be a lot of effort. Right? But think about that as we stand spiritually. How spiritually healthy are you this morning? How how weighed down by the works of this flesh are we? Well, just like we have just about every type of of body available to us. There's healthy, there's unhealthy, there's big, there's small, there's medium. It's, It's like that in the spiritual. God wants to work in us. He wants to work in us. He also wants to delight in His servants working to crucify this flesh. And just to allow God to be God. That's all he asks. Just allow me to be me and do what I want to do in your life. And in order for that to happen, we have to step aside. And that's a work that we do. That's a work that we do. There's moments of great gain in sanctification and there's moments of just kind of limbo, right? Lord, I thank you for not giving up on us, for saving us, Lord, and then still applying mercy and grace to our life because we don't live up to what You you ask of us. Lord, it's from Your love that You refuse to let us go, that You keep Your hand working in us, Lord, that You bring about conviction in the lives of those who You love, Lord. It's this world that doesn't understand that it's out of your love that we are chastened and that we are uh, commended and we are edified, Lord, and exhorted to be more like you. Help us to step aside, Lord. Sanctify us in this life so that we can be a better representation of you, Lord, and by your grace, help. To grow this kingdom. Lord we ask this in your name. Amen. These altars are open this morning.